Hi, I'm Jamie Winkup. Hi, I'm Dick Johnson. Hi, I'm Garth Tander. You're listening to the V8 Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Teams prepare for the Grand Prix. And I want the 100 grand again. <laughs> Percat lands a Bathurst drive. And Betty talks about her new team. By the end of 2013, which happens to be my lucky number, 13, I think you'll be seeing a lot of uh, competitive racing coming out of us. That's all coming up today as the red lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. This news update is brought to you by V8X Magazine. Log on to the official V8X Magazine Facebook page for your chance to win some great prizes. Hi, this is Will Davison from the Pepsi Max crew for Performance Racing, and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. Here's the news brought to you by Nobrac Carbon Fibre Products. Teams are looking to hit the track for an important weekend at the Australian Grand Prix, but will they be going for the win or looking to develop their cars ahead of the next round? Craig Lowndes, Scott McLaughlin, Michael Caruso, Scott Pye and Tim Edwards all told the V8 Insiders what they're planning for this weekend. Oh, I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's obviously a Formula One track. Uh, it, it's fast, it's smooth, it, it, it does flow. I think it'll suit these cars and you know, I think we'll put on a great spectacle for the fans there as well. Gives us another great opportunity to, uh, you know, to do some testing and uh, understand the cars and, uh, and develop it. Uh, oh, I think you still go as hard as you can. I want to learn as much as I can, so I want to win. Everyone wants to win, and it doesn't matter what's on the line if it's not no points, uh, all points. But, um, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly be doing a lot of testing, especially as a different track for us. It's very fast and flowing. So, yeah, um, I'm going to treat it as a normal race, normal championship round, and uh, see how we go. You a simulator guy? Yeah, I, I, I play a lot of iRacing and stuff and uh, R-Factor. Um, I've got a Simworks simulator um, I was lucky to be hooked up with by them so yeah I, I'm on that a lot um, probably not as much now because I live by myself and mum doesn't cook for me so I've got to cook my meals but apart from that I'm, I, I, I'm into it Yeah, it's going to be a great opportunity to test only two weeks out of learning so much here this weekend so um, I, I'm sure every single race team in pit lane will be doing the exact same thing lots of learning, lots of trying um, but yeah we'll be definitely giving it a crack or I will, I know that well, it's not balls out. I mean, it's it's a non-championship, but you don't like to think of it like that. It's a lot of a lot of stakes, still a lot of damage can be done there. So we want to do the best job we can and, and think of it just like any other race meeting. Oh, look, I mean, we're going to go to the Grand Prix and, and go as hard as we can to try and win. You know, it's hundred thousand dollars up for grabs, and we we took that away last year, and <laughs> and I want the hundred grand again. <laughs> Dick Johnson Racing has secured Wilson Security on both cars for the weekend. The team, who is still trying to find funding for the entire season, will continue to explore further opportunities ahead of round two in Tasmania. Nick Perkat has been confirmed as co-driver for Tony Dalberto and the Enduros. Perkat, who's spending the year in Carrera Cup, got off to a solid start at Clipsal. Um, I think uh, I've been lucky heading to a street track like this straight away. Um, 
I love this this place, you know, your home bush towns. I love all the street tracks where it's um, full commitment, mirrors up against the wall, and um, you know you, you get rewarded for taking the risk of staying into the throttle. So I uh, enjoy that, and I think um, Albert Park might be a little bit more challenging because I think everyone will be a bit closer there. It's very flowing, um, probably a little bit easier than here, even though it's a longer lap. Um, I've only been there in a Formula Ford. Um, that was in 2009, but managed to score. Two wins there as well. Tim Edwards has told the VAD insiders that despite disappointment in Adelaide, FPR is happy with the way the new ownership team has settled in. There was no big change at all. I mean, effectively, one holdings company sold their shares to another holdings company. Uh, so ProDrive Racing Australia on the 1st of January was exactly the same as ProDrive Racing on the 31st of December. I mean, it was a, a change of shares behind the scene. Nothing's changed. I mean, I'm still the team principal for the team. Uh, Rod described it to the team when we sort of told all the staff. He said, Tim's still dad, so nothing changes there. And as you've seen, Rod's still standing in the garage and he's in, in the bottle garage with his green shirt on. So there really is business as usual. There's no change at all. Todd and Rick Kelly have talked about what they're looking forward to at this weekend's Grand Prix. For us, I think, in, in our early stages of, of Nissan Motorsport, it's a really good base to start from. And we've got so many great ideas that we can um, take to the Grand Prix and, and implement and, and continue learning. I mean, for me, Clipsal was the biggest learning race weekend I reckon I've had in, in my V8 career. So Grand Prix is, um, is important to us. It's not one to just truck around at. We obviously have a, a job to do there to try and get close as close to the front as we can. And, you know, I think we'll be able to make good progress through the weekend and it's a, again a very different style track to Clipsal which um, creates more opportunities for us to you know continue learning well it's similar to um, horsepower wise how it affects your lap time is, is probably comparable to a Bathurst so there's a, a couple of really good yardsticks out there that we compare ourselves to obviously the, the lead group and then as far as a newcomer, we're fortunate to have Mercedes Benz also in the field to to compare ourselves against. As far as how we how we compete with the newcomers, so really sets us up to um, coming off Adelaide in a tight street circuit, and then and then this weekend at the Melbourne Grand Prix, it'll give us a pretty good idea of where we're at competitively for pretty much the rest of the season and certainly will uh, show us where our weaknesses are and where we need to focus but yeah I just can't wait to get out there and and drive the car as hard as you can around that place and see where it puts us. Gary Rogers is celebrating his 50th year in motorsport. We asked Rogers about his thoughts on the car of the future. Well mechanically they are a lot different although visually if you look at them there's not a lot of I mean obviously we've got Mercedes-Benz and Nissan there now and, and they certainly look different but really the Falcons and the Commodores don't look that much different although I do like the front of our new cars I think they look sharp and smart but but the mechanical things and that's been probably a huge part of the cost is that everything you had in your in your truck and your workshop really was redundant and so apart from building the cars you had to just make sure you'd built plenty of everything to take everything with you so if you need to carry out the maintenance you can. You can hear more from Gary Rogers on next week's White Flag Lab. Betty Clemenko is off to the Austin race as a team owner for the first time. We asked the tough question. Following Austin, will she be going to Indy or Charlotte for the NASCAR race? I go. I, I want to go to NASCAR. He wants to go to Indy. So it's it's my husband though. Is um, we haven't made up our minds yet. So I'm, I'm rooting for the NASCAR. I'm a NASCAR lover. You can hear more from Betty on this week's White Flag Lab. And finally, the latest edition of V8X magazine is now on sale with Red Bull on the cover. Dick Johnson talks about his battle and Jason Barguana looks at what happens when you cannot raise enough money 
to be in the main game. You can find VHX Magazine in stores or online through the Mag Store for the iPod edition. And that's the news for Nobra Carbon Fibre Products. Check out the entire range today at www.nobrac.com.au. That's N-O-B-R-A-C.com.au. After the break, Andrew Hawkins and Gary O'Brien join me for the roundtable chat. News on the V8 Insiders is brought to you by the official V8X Magazine Facebook page. Sign up and keep in touch with V8 Supercars. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Craig Lance. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week from Speed TV Australia, it's Andrew Hawkins. Good evening, Andrew. Ah, good evening, Craig. How are you? I'm doing very well, as I'm sure is the statewide editor of Auto Action, Gary O'Brien. Gary, Hi, Craig. Hi, Andrew. And hello to everyone out there. Interestingly enough, uh, it's a bit more than statewide this weekend's racing with Formula One. That's sort of a bit worldwide, Gary. And with the V8 supercars, it's at least national. It certainly hogs um, auto action space anyway, that's for sure, and rightly so too, because a big weekend, uh, I guess not only for Formula One, but uh, also for the V8 to get a chance to have a bit of a play and uh, rub shoulders with the stars. Andrew, it is really a case of this is an official test day, and it's one that's got a bit of money hanging on it, which we could all argue should be the case at the first test day of the year. Uh, look, Craig, I would uh, definitely agree with you. It uh, seems like most of the teams use it as a, you know, a glorified test event. Go out and test a few new parts and everything that they kind of, uh, you know, didn't have at Eclipsal. And um, look, I, everyone would love the test day to have some uh, some sort of dash for cash in it and uh, actually have something to compete for at the end of the day. But uh, look, it's a it's a good it's a good hit out. Not an indication of um, championship status at the end of the day, but um, still a good on-track experiment for the for the V8 supercars. The biggest thing about it, Gary, is that if, for the teams that were quick at Clipsal, you expect them to be quick again at the Grand Prix. For those who are struggling at Clipsal, you're hoping that they can find the trigger, the tweak that will get them more towards the front. Yeah, at this stage, um, I guess you've got to split them down the middle and say you've got uh, the, the regular Ford and Holden teams that'll, that'll do well and... Uh, Still playing a little bit of catch-up, I would imagine, would be the AMG and the Nissan cars. What did you think of their debut over there at Clipsal, Andrew? Um, look, I, I thought the the Nissans, for, for mine, were about average, about where I thought they were going to be. Um, Nis, uh, sorry, AMG, um, Erebus, I thought was a little bit under par, but with all these things, with new teams, it always takes a while to get, you know... To, to put a successful package together, and we all need to remember that when Triple Eight first came in the series, they weren't successful. They, you know, straight out of the bat, it took a little bit of time to get up to speed and, and look what the results they've got since then. So, look, I'm expecting Nissan and um, AMG to come on about mid-year once they get um, get their package sorted. Is that a fair assessment, Gary? 
Yeah, I believe so, and um, I, I guess the, uh, the the dreaded P word may come up if they don't get up there. So uh, ultimately, they'll be uh, rubbing shoulders with the front-running teams through one way or the other. The critical thing, I guess, this weekend for those teams that were mired down towards the back is improvement, isn't it? They've got to be showing something to move forward, particularly for those cars that don't have the financial support through sponsorship that they need. Gary? Yeah, probably DJR you probably put into that uh, uh, area, you know. There's always question marks there about uh, how they're going to fund a full season. I think you've got to take into account, too, that uh, Albert Park's a lot different sort of race circuit to what um, uh, the Adelaide uh, uh, layout is, and it may suit the cars that are that run better at high speed, have better, better flow-through corner pace, and uh, that might be just enough. But then again, of course, then you're going to walk away from there to a tidy layout like Booker Cowie, and it could be back to the Adelaide scenario. Andrew, I guess the the critical thing, though, is for the teams like Dick Johnson Racing, who have announced that they've got Wilson Security backing on both cars for the Grand Prix event, is this is a big television event across Australia. It's an important one that they can sell separately of the championship. Absolutely. You know, it's one of those events that is, uh, you know, seeing it, it has a, a bigger television audience because of the, they are the, the draw card on the F1 so it is a great uh, platform for them to show off uh, the anywheres and you know show off any um, incremental increases that they've been able to make Interestingly enough though the teammate of the winner at Clipsal he's also got a white car although it was done up like a uh, police rocket at the Eclipsal 500, it'll be interesting to see if they've been able to leverage off the success of Shane and get John O. Webb a decent sponsor on that car, AJ. Um, look, I, I think you'll see um, a white car turn up at uh, turn up at the, at the Grand Prix. I, um, uh, you know, the police thing was good for awareness, but I think you'll see a white car turn up just so that they can actually say, look, we don't have a full sponsor. If anyone wants to come and sponsor our car, here it is. Gary, that is always a contentious point when you see professional level teams going out on the track white. <laughs> what do you suggest? We paint them blue or red or something and send them out in those colours. Yeah, pl- playing unadorned cars um, doesn't all go well, does it? And uh, although uh, even last year Techno had difficulties. Uh, having uh, big-name sponsors on their cars, but they managed to get through the season. They've got a good uh, high-performance business going up there in Queensland as well. So, yeah, we just hope that something comes of it all. Mm. All in all, though, we're expecting Red Bull, Triple Eight, and Ford Performance Racing towards the front, Gary? Oh, I believe so. I think uh, Fujitsu, yeah, keep them in mind. Um, certainly uh, the Gears. Uh, proved that um, he had the speed, and of course, anything that's built by Triple Eight's a pretty good car. And uh, considering that uh, you know they they'll go there with at least uh, four, six cars, and they could all possibly end up in the top ten. AJ, you got a surprise for us to look out for? Well, going on last year's form, um, you know, the Frosty was very strong, won a couple of races. Shane Van Gisbergen won one race, but the Triple Eights were really not that competitive. I mean, I know they had a, a fair lot of dramas across that weekend. Um, I'm, I don't think that, uh, I, I think, you know, 
Nicky, uh, with Champ Van Gisbergen being successful at Clipsal, I think you'll see him successful, successful at the Adelaide Grand Prix. I think you'll see Frosty up there, and I'm sure Triple Eight will want to bounce back. Um, there may be a couple of smokies, but um, I can't see that being too much of an issue. Mm. Well, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Plenty more when we return. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Hi, I am Alexandre Prema from the Fujitsu GRM team, and you are listening to the V8 Insider. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. It's Andrew Hawkins from Speed TV, Gary O'Brien from Auto Action joining me, Craig Ravel. And guys, uh, just taking our eyes away from the Grand Prix being a non-championship event and looking overseas, the media centre we in Eclipsal, we received our guides to the year and it looks like overseas races this year have got a very different format if what is advertised remains, and that is four by 100 kilometre races. Is this going to be the best look for V8 supercars overseas, Gary? Well, if you're trying to sell it to overseas um, interest, um, I believe it is. I've always been a great fan of um, the shorter the laps, (laughs) the narrower the gaps, if you know what I mean. They they tend to blow out a bit when they're longer-distance races. So from that point of view, it's probably got some merit. AJ? Um, look, I, I think I'm not sure that four 100k races are necessarily the way to go. You have to remember that uh, the Americans have watched NASCAR uh, races and they go for three, four hours. Um, Indy cars go for a long time. I don't think there's any reason why their supercars couldn't do more than, you know, four by 100k races and maybe you know two by 250 or something even a little bit longer. Mm. Of course, we have a situation where they're going back to Pukekohe. And this is the format for Pukekohe as well, where the New Zealanders, uh, well, you have to wonder what they're going to think about another different format and something completely different to what we saw down at Hamilton as well. Yeah, look, I, I, I think I think you're right there, Craig. But, um, you know, I mean, Murphy drove the uh, the Pukekohe circuit recently, gave the, all the, the new uh, surface the thumbs up and everything else. So it'll be interesting to, to see how they, they go with the new, uh, the new change. Mm. Gary? Yeah, uh, yeah. as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not a, um, against uh, shorter races, but and as long as you've got a fair few of them, and if you've got the cars to keep uh, filling the grid up, because once they're shorter, people go a bit harder, and um, you could lose a car or two. But um, that that's, will remain to see just how it, how it goes, but um, in all in all, I don't mind them. Mm. Now, one of the other interesting stories throughout the week is that Nick Perkett not returning to the Toll Holden racing team, but he's going to go into the satellite team with Tony D'Alberto. Gary, is this uh, an indication that Nick might be overlooked from a main game drive, even though he's been a Walkinshaw development driver since in his Formula Ford days? Well, um, the, the car he's going into is a Walkinshaw-built car, uh, provided for Tony D'Alberto. So on that scope of things, I oh, know I think he's still in the... In the, in the picture, uh, doing the Porsche thing this year is probably a little bit different, uh, a little bit out of left field, uh, considering that they probably have cars that they could run in the development series. 
and, and they decided not to. Well, that's, that was their call. Uh, and the Porsche driver was there, and he proved to be quite quick in the Porsche as well. Uh, you know, second on a couple of occasions over in Adelaide, it's a fair indication that uh, he, the kid knows how to drive. And uh, I think they just, as long as they keep his hand in there, whether it be in one of their own cars or in, in, in a, one of their built cars, I think it's uh, still in the picture. Mm. Interesting to see one of the stories that uh, you guys are running over there at Speed TV is about Garth Tander saying he's expecting Nissan and Mercedes to uh, be on the pace, AJ, by mid-season. Uh, interesting because his name's been linked with uh, one of those new manufacturers for next season. Oh, look, that, that would be an interesting move, but I, I, I don't think you'd see Garth Tander leave HRT. I mean, the team's basically built around him and has been for many years. I don't think you'd see him leave. It's his home there. He's part of the furniture. Why would he go anywhere else? Mm, Gary, are you that confident? Yeah, I'd be surprised if he left, uh, considering, you know, as uh, Andrew said, he's, he's the linchpin in the whole team and uh, the cars are set up around him and everyone else adapts to him. So, yeah, that would be a surprise. Mm-hmm. All right. We uh, need to also just touch on the fact that we saw a number of rookies this season at Clipsal. Who do you think, Gary, had the best debut? Oh, Scotty McLaughlin, without doubt. <laughs> he, he was a star, finished in the top ten in both races and uh, and could have even been higher if he didn't get a little bit of a helping hand off uh, James Courtney in the second race, but uh, certainly uh, did perform extremely well. And of course, it's funny that a champion in another country comes to this country as a rookie there, AJ. Yeah, look, um, I, I would agree, but, uh, you know, I mean, McLaughlin's successful, was, you know, be a super tour champion um, in New Zealand and came over here and he's basically, you know, set uh, reinvigorated GRM for the first part, along with um, Alex Prema, who's had a brilliant season. And unfortunately, you know, there's, there were some rookies that stood up and, you know, I mean, Fiore had great pace early on in the, in the weekend and then, you know, slowly drifted and... Poor Maro Engel had an absolute shock at getting that uh, AMG off the line whenever he had to uh, have a start. Uh, that was one of the uh, interesting things. The The Germans got that one-year deficit that Premer now, Gary, has got to learn the tracks. He understands the basics of the cars a bit more, even though the new cars are different. Well, that's, that's true. Um, you know, He won't have that experience at tracks, but most of the good drivers don't need it. They, under, they learn the tracks very quickly. Uh, more so than what probably some of our younger rookies that, that haven't been to some of the other circuits, they do struggle a bit. Bathurst might uh, be, he might be a bit short up there, but only in, in the initial stages. I think by race day, everyone's sort of where they should be. And, uh, yeah, I uh, have to say that Engel um, uh, didn't have a really good run at Adelaide, and that was more the... Uh, fly-by-wire technology on the um, on the throttle sensor that was giving him the problem, I think, and uh, once they get all that sort of sorted out, he should be as equal to uh, to the other two co- uh, teammates that before long. AJ, it was amazing that most of the mechanical problems that besetted the uh, Erebus team all hit Thomas's car. Yeah, it was interesting, you know, the, um, well, don't forget that it was also uh, Tim Slade and uh, Holdsworth who didn't, you know, whilst they didn't have mechanical problems, it was their, uh, you know, foot problems that, that they had with the engine uh, being closer now to the firewall and having uh, nice big blisters on their feet. So um, I think all the Mercedes guys had, uh, had trouble at some point across the weekend. Mm. And of course, Scott Pye, 
he was another one of those rookies. He's in the top 10 of the championship after the first round. Do we think McLaughlin and Pye can stay there, AJ? Um, look, I think if the AAA development keeps up um, and, and the GRM development, then I think you'll see both those boys uh, continue in the, you know, round about the top 10. I'm not sure they'll uh, stay be in the top 10, but they'll be around the top 10 by the end of the year. Mm. Gary? Yeah, I agree. I think that um, you know, the fact that Pye's in the AAA car uh, is, 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 is a plus for him. And also the fact that the the Fujitsu or GRM cars are so close together in qualifying means that they have got a good package already. Hmm. Well, guys, great to catch up with you both. And, of course, uh, we should get the gratuitous plug out the way for Speed News Australia returning to Speed TV or return to Speed TV, AJ? Uh, look, it's uh, everything's up for negotiation at this point, but uh, I'm sure you see something uh, come along soon. All right. What are you going to give us a plug on then if we can't give it that one? Oh, look, uh, plenty of uh, uh, motorsport on speed this year with a uh, live NASCAR, live IndyCar, and uh, our uh, V8 supercars in native HD uh, in uh, primetime on weekends too. Mm, right. Uh, that announced officially, is it? It is. It's, um, it is out there, so every round of the uh, V8 supercars in HD in uh, primetime on speed. All right. And Gary, of course, all your writings, particularly with the statewide events, is going to be each and every week in auto action. Yeah, always there every week, each and every week. Uh, three pages there dedicated to state-level championships. And, of course, I also work on um, sport categories that V8 uh, supercar rounds as well as the Shannon's Nationals, which is in for another big year. Mm. Well, thanks for joining us. It's Betty from Erebus Racing on the White Flag Lab right after this. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Jonathan Webb from Techno Autosports, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. On this week's White Flag Lap, brought to you by Fujitsu, Australia's leading air. Betty Clemenko has breathed new life into the same old rhetoric heard by team owners. We started this chat by asking her, does she even remember when she was just a motorsport fan? I can't even remember when I was a fan. I mean, I've been in the sport now for 13 years, so fan was a bit further down the track. But, you know, to me, it was just a, a logical step in the right direction. I had the, to me, the best GT cars on the field. They're both V8s. And I just kept on staring at that V8 sign inside the engine going, yeah, why not? And then Car of the Future came along and it was the perfect opportunity to go forward and start equally. Well, we've done in three months what everyone else has done in 12, but in my mind we're still equal. The decision to try and get AMG and Mercedes involved at hasn't been an easy one and it's been met with a bit of resistance here locally yes it has but germany is behind us a thousand percent they can't do enough for us yes I'm, i've bought the program which for me is 
uh, it's easier for me because I'm not, I don't have to bow down to anyone, I don't have to take anyone's orders. And as far as Australia is concerned, that is in the past because we've actually, we've, we're now on a better level, but it was hard. I think they had to get their head around the fact that the V8 um, supercars had changed so much from the car burning days, but they hadn't seen it because they don't watch it. So in their mind, it was still that type of racing. And I think uh, I did a very good job of convincing the Australian um, Mercedes-Benz AUP or whatever it is that, uh, you know, they should sh- they should say yes. How much closer to uh, them wanting to have the uh, three-pointed star officially as the name of the car? Um, can you re-ask that? Because I have just, I lost you somewhere in the middle of that. How long till you will well, be calling it a, a Mercedes rather than an Erebus? Look, we have a. I have a two-year contract with uh, with them at the moment, but uh, I don't think that will be. I don't think it'll be an issue. And in time, I can't just expect it. I have to work for it. Um, I have the star on the car. I've got AMG on the car, but to actually use it will take a little bit more time. And like all good things, you just have to wait for it. Of course, before we get to Adelaide and before you got to Sydney Motorsport Park to see the cars on the track, yeah. You took out a nice little race at the 12-hour at Bathurst? <laughs> Just a little race. That was amazing. I'm still blown away by it. I won't give the, the trophy to the factory. I've still got it at home. My son tried to take it, and I went, no, no, it's not going anywhere. But that was amazing. The boys were just fantastic. Um, the European Wasp, as I call it, with the, the black with the yellow. It was Bern Schneider, you cannot get a better driver than that. And Alex Roloff... He took that car, he started it, he finished the race, and he was the rookie. So they all did fantastic jobs. And Lee and Tim, sorry, I'm losing my voice, they proved that they can drive anything. You've got Bathurst, you're going for the GT Championship, you're going for a Vert Supercar Championship. How do you set set realistic expectations on what you can achieve, knowing that you're at a disadvantage? in preparation for 2013? 2013 to me is a learning curve year. I'm not here to dominate because I've heard that word used a lot. There is no dominating. For me, we'll take baby steps. We This is our building year. Everyone else has had their building year. We're still building. We're still getting to learn the cars. But yeah, we have uh, we have the... Today, I've got the three V8s, the two GTs, uh, half of a... U- lot and I've got my two little boys in Victoria racing in the carts which they did win last weekend so I'm very proud of them but if I'm going to do it I'm uh, I'm going to take the whole of motorsport under my wing not just little bits and pieces and a lot of people talk about oh you're going to spend a lot of money to not you know and it's going to cost a lot of money to get to any sort of success is that a concern because we hear more and more how V8s need to move towards a profitable business model. You know, sometimes you can make a profit without spending a lot of money. My money went into the initial research and development of the engine, the safety cell. The car itself was is was is just a hybrid of the car. But um, that research and development I keep, that's mine forever. And, um, I, you know, it was worth it because the engine that came out of it is, is brilliant. We just need to learn it. Um, but, you know, part of this industry is entertainment, and that's where you, VAs will find their 
their um, their money, so to speak. You know, it's you find your fans are your are your foundation. You know, you can build an ivory tower, but if you don't have a good foundation, the whole thing's just going to topple over. So you start at, you start with a good foundation, and that's what these people are. They're great. They come up to me. They ask for photos and. I mean, I've never had that before in my life where I've had to sign, do my signature and everything else. But they talk to me and they talk to my husband. We can spend an hour walking out the gate at the front in the afternoons because they just want to know. And they want to know about the engine. They want to know about the drivers. And I'm happy to talk to anyone. And I guess one of the things that I guess a lot of us in the media have looked at is what you've been doing with social media. And you're writing, you know, word dumps almost. Yeah, I know. I know. I love to write. That's one of my passions. That's why I have my writing. But it's, um, for me, it's just what happens when you become an owner and what happens in my life because I'm such a klutz that things do happen to me. I mean, I'm just one of these people who share a lift with share and not know it. And the the lift will get stuck and we're sitting there for four hours talking. But I love to... I'm not... And I don't tell them every all my intimate details. I just tell them what happens in my day. I can spend four hours sitting in my kitchen because the V8s are in Queensland, the GTs are in Victoria. So I'm alone in Sydney. So I really don't need to get dressed. I sit in my pyjamas. I've got my two computers. I've got my, all my phones. And I'm loving them. Because so I've already retired once. I didn't want to start going into the office every day. So for me, I've got kind of like the best of both worlds. You talk about the fans, and I guess one of the great things is you're bringing a lot of people who wouldn't normally watch V8s because of the brand you're associated with to the uh, to the marketplace almost. Yesterday was a very funny... This gentleman walked up to me and he said, I've been coming here for 13 years. My wife has always taken the opportunity to go with the girls for a girls' weekend. He said, this year she came for the first time and she's loving it. And... I find that a lot of men are telling me now that their wives are coming with the girlfriends and um, little girls are coming up to me and hugging me. And, you know, yes, there are... I'm not really I'm not really here to bring in the Mercedes crowd per se, but I just, I'm here to bring in people who are interested in all sorts of cars. I've had people ask me a photo and they're wearing Red Bull shirts. I said, that doesn't matter. That is the team you choose to follow, but you can have an appreciation for all cars. And I'm, I'm happy to stand here and talk to you about my car. I have nothing to hide. Of course, uh, at the end of the day, it's about performance on the track. And uh, we've already seen how emotional you can get with, uh, you know, there was a, a look last year at Sydney which uh, scared a lot of people. And then there was the emotion when you, you finally saw the cars on the track yesterday. Is that something you're going to have to taper over your career? No. I, I don't taper anything. I'm just Betty and like my husband says, you know, Betty does what Betty does. And I don't see any rules on the wall that says I'm not allowed to be emotional. I'm, I don't... I've come in as the first woman. I mean, there's no rules for the owners. There's no rules to tell me what I can and cannot do. Um, I mean, there could be a rule book saying that all owners must wear pants and a shirt. Well, hello, I've got a skirt on today. I don't expect other owners to wear a skirt, but I'm wearing a skirt. I take it as it comes, and if I'm going to be emotional, I'll be emotional. If I'm going to stand there and jump on my chair and do a victory dance, I will do a victory dance. You know, they can they can they can find me, but for what? Doing a victory dance or doing an ugly dance in public? I don't know, but I'm just going to be me. And if they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. 
you mentioned about being the only woman owner. Do you see that as an imbalance in motorsport, the lack of women that are involved in high levels? Yes and no. I, I don't because it was basically a man's sport. Women are becoming interested. I believe in equality. When women put in the hard yards and everything else, and I've seen some women here that have put it, put in the hard yards, they deserve to be in positions, and they are in positions, but there's a very few of them. But there are women coming up through the ranks now. If you look at lower ranks, there are a lot of women, and they must do the hard yards, and they must do it the right way, not because they're a woman, but because they're the right person for the job. The fact that I'm the only woman doesn't, to me doesn't make any difference and I must give it all the owners have come and said hello and all their crew they don't treat me like a woman they just treat me like Betty I just happen to have a female name no and they've been they've been helpful they've I can the only good thing about being a woman is that they really can't yell at me in pit lane like other owners can yell at each other because there's a kind of like a mental thing about men yelling at women so I can yell at them that's fine they just can't yell at me and I've got it got to find myself a milk crate because everyone's really short really really tall and i'm really short and i liked it a bit of eye level so if you see me with a milk crate you know i'm going to yell at someone going to austin you're a race fan do you go to charlotte the week after for the nascar or do you go to indy for the 500 um i go i, I want to go to nascar he wants to go to indy so it's it's my husband though is um we haven't made up our minds yet so I'm rooting for the NASCAR. I'm a NASCAR lover, and I love the drag. I mean, I like anything that moves and moves with speed. I don't necessarily need to be in it. I've never had a hot lap in my life. I don't want a hot lap. I like the fact that I'm making this car do what it does. You know, you do need a driver in there to steer it and to drive it with passion, but I, I, I just it's the car that does it for me. Has it always been cars? Um, yes, uh, I paint and I write and cars. So, I've all, and I mean, I, I even love, I have an E500 and I call it the Hungarian mobile because it's one of those ones you sit in, you point and it takes you home. It's one of those drives that, you know, and no one ever admits to it, that they get in the car and they're thinking so hard about something that they're home and they don't remember how they got there. It's one of those cars that you can just put your hand on the steering wheel and, you know, you, you can just go... And, mosey on home and I like all cars you know if if there's something beautiful about them I love it well we look forward to seeing you throughout 2013 and uh, wish you all the best for what is going to be an exciting debut here this weekend look it will be exciting and I think by the end of 2013 which happens to be my lucky number 13 born on Friday the 13th um, I think you'll be seeing a lot of a lot of uh, competitive racing coming out of us my thanks to Andrew, of course, to Gary and Betty there as the checker flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders. Till next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.